Hey guys, uh, it's Pete from Red Flag Poetry with Wes and, and Matt sitting down right. with Laura Scroggs to talk about her poem from February. Uh, so why don't you start us off by telling us what your for favorite piece of mail that you've ever received is. You know, uh, we uh, always usually ask this question, uh, so obviously it can be anything. Something you received as a child, something you received uh, recently, whatever it is. can be mm. anything. Yeah, so... Um... One time I got drunk and I ordered a lot of stuff off of Amazon and I forgot about it. So when that came slowly trickling in, I would say that was probably my best piece of mail. It's like a gift to myself. Like what'd you get? um, Oh, like a whole bunch of books that I had like on my wish list. It was like, you know, those things you save for later when you're going to be like irresponsible in the future. That was like what I was doing so it was like add to cart add to cart and like a bunch of weird korean skincare products probably <laughs> i don't know i don't know how that happened but um yeah that was a good time were they good were the was the skincare product nice was it worth it yeah yeah it was a great moisturizer super cheap i think i also as a joke subscribed to oprah magazine um but i never got it didn't I subscribe you to Oprah's newsletter at one point? I think you did. I, I'm pretty sure I did, actually. And there was, like, another one, I thought. I don't remember it. Oh, man. All right. But I'm pretty sure I did. The poem is very brief, and yet, obviously, obviously, it, it conveys a lot without conveying, without it being intentionally doing so. Um, does this, this idea of being powerfully vague does that is that intentional to you i mean did you want to, to to write a poem like that that was had a lot of emotion in it but it was at the same time um didn't convey cover a lot of ground yeah i mean i think that there's something kind of um expressive about vague poetry and brief poetry i think that um when you're forced to read between the lines there's a lot of potential ground to associate yourself with it or associate um, your own sort of feelings into it. Um, I kind of like that ambiguous space, although I don't, I don't really feel like this one is super ambiguous. I do feel like um, it's maybe more emotionally charged than some of my other stuff that you've read probably, but um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think vague, brief, like not super narrative, um, work is really, uh, productive in some ways. I have a question, Laura. Oh, sure. I thought you were leaving. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm here. Like, peace I'm out, here. Wes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm here taking pictures of Peter and, um, Snapchatting them, drawing things on them. Um, that's, that's my contribution. Um, so please add me. I would love to see <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll download them first. Um, do you do you want to talk about what this poem is about? Because this poem struck me, I think, in different ways than it did the other readers, um, and I think that I, I appreciated it for different reasons. And maybe maybe I imposed those on it, but it, um, I'm just curious about what this was for you. Oh, gosh. Wow. I'm actually, I'm curious what it was for you. You first. Oh, God. Okay, come on. Um, 
Well, first I should say that is, that's really, um, I, well, I don't know what you're gonna say, so maybe I'll reserve my judgments on that for a minute. Um, it's interesting to me to hear any kind of feedback because I, I don't consider myself a poet and I don't consider myself a writer really, um, which is probably like, I don't know, like not not good to do in this particular situation of red rug poetry and in this like moment, but um, I don't. And I've never, ex with the exception of Pete, I've never really um, gotten feedback from anybody about my writing. Um, oh yeah, and my advisor. Hey, Paula. Um, so, I mean, those are very different situations. So it's that the, the idea that you would even have a reaction to it is cool, but also strange to me. Yeah. So what it's about, um, it is about a moment of watching somebody who had previously had power, um, not have that power. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that I think that then I probably connected with you that in, in that way personally. I, I mean, as my grandfather, who was always a really strong masculine figure in my life, he was a lumberjack. Um, as he yes. ages and as he as his health declines, and you see him, you know, getting baths from a nurse or something like that, it's mm -hmm. it's actually kind of heart wrenching to be in that moment and see somebody who literally cared me, you know, as a ten year old boy on his you know six foot two shoulders then be, you know, not be able to, not be able to go to the bathroom himself. Right, and, right. Uh, and so, you know, it's not, it's not the sickness and it's not the cancer and it's, or whatever it is. And it's not the, it's not the oncoming death. It's, it's seeing him struggle in those ways. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I, that poem struck me in a lot of those ways and, and in a very timely fashion too. So I was really happy to read this. Thank you. I, I mean, that is really, I think in some ways what this is about, that it's, you know, to a certain extent with um, illness in particular, I feel like we can really live in a, in a state of denial about, um, about it. Like you can see all of the trappings of, of illness, but it's, it's like these small things that, um, that tip, I, I think like sort of tip the scales in some way. So for this poem, it's these footy socks that, you know, it seems so benign in most cases, but um, really take on this kind of fraught sadness in them in a way that like all of the medical gear and things that you would expect in this room don't, yeah. right? Like it, to a certain extent, like these are just the things of, of like the medical route that are necessary. These are the things that like, you know, I can consider like the tapestry of a hospital, but th these other moments, these other sort of points are less sanitary, maybe <laughs> like, you know, less sanitized in, yeah. in terms of that kind of emotional contact. Sure. And I, I think it's, it's interesting. Um, the reason this particular image that was selected for this, it's, it's, for me, the connection I have to this is, uh, uh, is a, is a feminine connection. Obviously my mother has gone through a lot of time in the hospital and it's, mm -hmm. it's actually the, the footy socks cause she ta always makes a big deal about taking them home. Um, and like, it's, it's obnoxiously a big deal about it. So like, mm -hmm. that's honestly what I, I kind of latched onto in this too. It's that moment of, of, of of exchange that I think is very powerful in this.
Yeah, that's interesting that you associated with maybe a more feminine figure as Wes was kind of talking about his orientation with you know, his grandfather who sounds very masculine. Yeah. So you already kind of mentioned this uh, a little bit, but you said this isn't like other traditional poems that you uh, would, would or have written. Can you tell me about that a little bit, like that writing process? How is this different from that experience of writing to you? Well, I wouldn't say, maybe I'll recant what I said. <laughs> it's not entirely different. I have the same kind of process where I just sort of, um, I typically think of like one line and then I'll write it down and later come back to it and just kind of flesh it out. Um, I guess in terms of content, this is a little bit more, as far as I feel like in the last couple of years, I've been getting um, more and more concise. Uh, whereas previously, I would definitely beat a, a dead horse in my writing, but for this poem in particular, I wanted to strip it down. So I think I actually had a couple more lines there, but I, I took them out because I just felt like um, I didn't want to over explain or overwork the poem in any way. And I mean, in terms of content, my other stuff tends to be a little bit more levacious and funny too also i'm really funny right i mean a lot of the actually a lot of the other poems i've read by you are absolutely hilarious uh but it's not like they're intentionally funny like chris rock but like they're oh man um, that was like my poetic influence right was it oh man sorry uh your humor is is in this kind of the way that you engage what you're engaging so like uh i'm gonna bring up your your glory hole set that i remember oh god because um those those are fantastic, and they were hilarious, and they were, I'm, I'm they were endearing. I mean, in this really weird way, uh, and you never did anything with them, as far as I know, and you should have. Uh, I sent them to you. That's well, you sent them to me. You're right. It does sound like a very Rockian kind of poetry. Chris, Chris, Rock. Chris Rocky, yeah, Rocky. Rocky. <laughs> kind of. That'll be my next bio. Chris was once compared to Chris Rock. <laughs> Well, you, okay. Um, so, <laughs> where do you find your inspiration? Is it music, places, other poets, Will Smith albums, you know, um, things like that. Chris Rock comedy tours. Where do you get your inspiration from for a lot of this stuff? Gosh, you nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, all those things. Yeah. Um, most of the time, it's just from uh, weird things that I see or weird things that I experience. Um a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that I have written previously have been based on um, things I've overheard or things that I think are really kind of funny or bizarre um, or th or things that people have said to me um, or things that I find like I find a piece of trash and I'm like oh this is kind of poetic in a weird way and then it it comes in it comes into something but. Um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really have like a set practice or no. anything like that. So you know that uh, obviously being his starting on this project with me, um, that the basic premise behind this was to encourage people to enjoy. Obviously, this idea of short poetry that you can get and read in a moment, very much like yours, right? It's very powerful, very short, and it doesn't require. T.S. Eliot to read it to you to really kind of get. But is this idea of 
poetry in the physical world is he, like obviously like this. Is this ever going to go away? Do you think? Uh, printed medium, printed poetry. Oh no, I don't think so. I mean, I think I think I just read like an article somewhere um, about kind of like the resurgence of uh, the printed book and how it's kind of like you know pretty obvious that people are still going to want them around. Um, I think there's something, well, okay, but also, so, um, my research is about, um, objects and objects in the world and, um, how we use objects. And so I'm really interested in that idea that, um, holding something, particularly something abstract, like poetry or, um, any kind of, you know, like written language or expression has like some kind of effective quality i think i think it's true i mean you have you're physically engaging with it in a, in a way that you might not be otherwise um that said i mean there are definitely ways in which digital poetry is really interesting and expansive and does a lot of experimental things but yeah i think red flag is doing a service that's useful and will be useful into the future. Good job, you guys. That's how we're going to advertise from now on. Red flag poetry, useful. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, what else do you need? Possibly useful in the future. Possibly, possibly useful, useful in, in the future. future. <laughs> I, I That's the tagline. Yeah. Put, that, said, put that on the website. Red flag poetry, possibly useful in the future. And then we'll put quotes around it and then attribute it to Laura. Yep. Um, I didn't say possibly. I want the record to state that, but also for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, editorial stuff, in terms of, because obviously you have worked on other projects, you have uh, experience in uh, literature anyway, right? You, what are you working towards? Um, I'm getting a PhD in literature. From Min... Super useful and possibly useful in the future. <laughs> yeah. From Minneapolis? No. Min the University of Minnesota. The University of Minnesota. You live in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. Right. Yes. Uh, great, great place, great place. Yeah. So how does that, that role for, like, uh, the eye of the editorial play into your poetry? I know, like, are you more or less critical of your own writing because of experience in perhaps your degree in reading other people's work? Oh, yeah. I mean, I... The University of Minnesota has a really thriving and interesting um, MFA program, and so I share an office with these amazing writers that are producing work that I wish I could produce so yeah I mean I think I think that's always a thing that I think about but also I've never taken a creative writing course I don't I haven't done like a workshop or anything like that um so to see the kind of skill and uh work that these other writers are putting in on a professional level it really um I think it really speaks to their sort of craft in a way that, you know, I wish I could do. But alas, I chose the PhD route. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I have questions, too. Yeah, please, jump in. Laura, what do you think about Kanye West uh, requesting about a million dollars? No, billion dollars? Million dollars from... Um, I think it was 53 million. No, I think that's million. how much he's in debt. He's yeah, in debt but I think that's what million. he requested. But I thought he wanted like a billion from Zuckerberg. 
Oh, okay. To yeah, fund sorry. his other projects. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that do you think that the Yeezus actually that his creative prowess actually deserves such an endorsement, or do you think it would be best spent somewhere, say, at Red Flag Poetry? Mm. Um, also, where, where, what do you think about Yeezus? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I would say that he's the Andy Warhol of our time. Yeah, I mean, he's got more influence than uh, the Apostle Paul, and uh, the uh, the rapper, not not the one who knew Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and what's uh, shoot? Eyes wide shut. Kubrick. He said Kubrick too. Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, he said Kubrick in the same in the same sentence. So yeah, <laughs> he's got more influence than than Stanley Kubrick too. So I guess yes. the question remains: Should we try to get him on a postcard? Yeah, I mean, I think he sounds like he's pretty hard up for any opportunities, so I think you should reach out and try and, you know, see what kind of connections you can make, um, see if you can get out there and uh, make your dreams come true, just like uh, just like Kanye. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We have him coming up in December, well, I think. Yeah. 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 It was nice to meet you, Laura. Yeah, nice yeah, to meet you guys, nice too. To meet you, Laura. Thank you for sitting down with us. Um, I really appreciate the poem and the postcard, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for putting me and my face on a postcard and for reading it and for being some of the readers that you are. Great job, guys. Let's give Laura a round of applause. I'm clapping, too. (laughs) He's actually going around back here. (laughs) He's doing the read. It's like a third grade. Exactly. Dang. Okay. um, All right. Well, thank you so much. Bye. (laughs)